Hey, welcome back to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I am your host, as always, Cody Owen, and I am sitting down with one of my oldest friends in the green industry. We worked together for about five years at the company he's wearing a shirt for, Service Autopilot. And Chris, you are now the Senior Director of Business Development and Academy for Explore, which is the, the parent company of Service Autopilot. So I wanted to get Chris Volpe on today to talk a, a little bit about some higher level hiring strategies when you're trying to bring, you know, leadership into your company, when you're talking about an operations manager, maybe someone who supervises crew leaders, things a little higher up than what we've talked about in the past, which is more about like, oh man, the immediate concern of like, we got to get more laborers in the door. This is when your company has kind of crossed maybe even like the half million dollar threshold. And you start having to think about like, oh, there's like too much on my plate. I have to hire some other leadership. So Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah. So tell people a little bit about your background so that they know where you're coming from as we dive in here. Okay. Yeah. So background, to be really quick about it, I was a healthcare consultant for a while, uh, talking between state governments, federal governments, and CIOs and CFOs of hospitals. Uh, then I went and did a 180 and opened up a coffee shop with a group of people. Did uh, did pretty much everything for the coffee shop. I did all of the all of the planning. Uh, I did all of the hiring. Um, set up all of the utilities, things like that. So very very much an entrepreneurial experience. Then from there, I went and worked at Service Autopilot. Was the first business analyst, and then I went business analyst to launch manager to training manager to director of training, skip a couple steps. Now I am the senior director of business development and academy, which academy is the idea behind academy is, okay, you've got this amazing software, this life-changing software. Well, let's teach you how to run an amazing business. Mm -hmm. Um, Because so many times those are just a lot of times mutually exclusive things, right? You can have amazing software, but if you don't know what you're doing with marketing, sales, HR, SEO, you know, any of that, then it's then you're going to flounder as a business. So that's where we come in with coaches uh, and teach you how to run an unbelievably profitable business. Yeah, it's a little bit like if you put an amazing engine in a car that has had no other work done to it, you need to have a, a well-maintained body and frame to, to have the engine of great software in your business. So I know that is a great metaphor. I'm totally going to steal that and use that. (laughs) Like whenever I'm like marketing to our customers, I'm totally going to steal that. Yeah. I was talking not that long ago. I, I have a Miata for, for fun now. And I've made a lot of jokes about like, you can put a, you know, Corvette LS one engine in a Miata. And if you don't change the engine mounts and reinforce the frame, it will rip itself free and you will no longer have a car. Uh, So that is what is super important when you're coming into a a software like Service Autopilot that lets you automate so much of your business. If you don't have any defined processes, you don't have a way that the business is set up to scale, then you're going to have a really bad time with the, the software. Or you're going to use, you know, I, you know, I worked there for five years. I know how many people I talked to who were like, I feel like I use 10% and I'm just kind of treading water there instead of like really diving in. But the biggest thing that I want to talk to you about is the hiring stuff, because I think that that is so important. And now that you are, you know, in this position of doing a lot of business education for lawn care business owners and applying your experience in the past, 
what, I guess, what is the first thing that you think about when you're trying to recruit a, someone to be in a position of management? Yeah. So it's scary. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, because you know, it's not like hiring a, a technician or someone in the field, uh, it, or it, it feels like there's a lot more gravity behind it, but in a lot of ways it's not in a lot of ways, it's very similar. And so what, what came to mind whenever we were talking about this topic a few years ago, uh, and I don't know if you've ever read this book. Have you ever read the, the book algorithms to live by? No. Okay. We'll have a fantastic we'll have a book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Um, it's a pretty dry book. Like it's not going to like <laughs> knock your socks off. Like if you read it at night before bed, it might put you to sleep. It's, it's, uh, basically the idea is how to apply algorithmic thinking to difficult decisions, difficult life decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of the things like I, I wrote, I, I read this book, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. One of the things that really stuck out in this book was the concept of you could do everything right and it could still go wrong. So one, you've got to embrace that. You've got to embrace that. You could do everything perfectly, think you're hiring the right person and it still goes wrong. In fact, they even go on to say that there's a, your chance of success or like hitting it out of the park with that hire is only a 37% chance of success. So, but they give you, they give you a framework and, and what we've actually, I've used this at service autopilot whenever I've done hiring. The concept is um, you figure out what you want, right? So you, you figure out, you, you create your, your job description, your, your title, your detail, what kind of people do you want in your organization? You know, do you want them to have a fun, like fun and a sense of humor? Do you want them to be super dry and a super high and follow through. You figure out what you want and then you, you kind of set that bar, that precedent. And so the very first person that you interview sets the bar, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. right? So they set the precedent and now you've got this precedent set, set. So the very next person, oh, and sorry for the very first person that you interview, but they're not getting the job. <laughs> you, they're just a throwaway, unfortunately. But it's going to be good for your business. And it's here's the, the first because pancake in the, the frying pan. It's there to temper the pan. That, exactly. Yeah. Another really good metaphor. Yeah. So because you, you set that line, that first pancake, what you do is every time you bring someone in and you interview them for that position, now you've got oh, that, that. You're gauging that against bar. that baseline. Exactly. So if you bring them in and you're like, like, oh, that was a really good person, but I like this one better. They're out out. So you keep weeding through your pool until, until you find that one that is slightly better or way better than that bar. That's whenever you should seriously consider hiring that person, right? Because you automatically, it's almost like another metaphor. It's almost like whenever, what was the, what was that game show? Like a long time ago, uh, behind the door or something like that where there's like a whole bunch of doors and you had to like pick and you could get like a I know. anywhere from like a car to, yeah. I totally know so, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so these mathematicians went and they, they said, okay, if you go to like 
So if you get all the way to the very end and there's the two doors and you've, you've held that two doors the whole time or that one door the whole time, but you get down to the very last two, you should always swap because now you've got a 50, 50 shot instead of a one in 10 shot. It's the same concept. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that, that framing of it that first of all, like gauging applicants as like, okay, I have to evaluate them. I'm doing the same hand motion you were doing. (laughs) You you're having them compete with each other just in terms you're directly rating them rather than rating them against kind of your ideal of, you know, this imaginary person who isn't real and isn't going to come interview that is like the perfect person. It's probably a carbon copy of you is who you want in the position, but there's only one of you. So you need to, the people that come in the door from, and we've talked a lot about writing job descriptions on this channel, how to write them with a marketing mindset to pull in the right people. So if you're doing all of that correctly, then whoever responded to that, you need to rank the the candidates against each other and figure out who is going to be best in this position based on who showed up, not based on, you know, this ghost that isn't real. Right. You're, You're actually personifying it instead of that, that you're so spot on. A lot of times, like if you're the business owner, you know, first of all, there's going to be no one who cares about the business as much as you as the business owner. Right. So, so you, yeah, exactly. You've got this kind of ghosty figure, someone like you, it's just make believe, but personify it, actually assign a person to it that you interview. Now you got your benchmark. Yeah. And a big part of this is that if you want someone to care about the business in a similar way to you, obviously like their ego is not necessarily going to be tied into it in the way that yours is, because this is your business, not theirs. But if you can get their incentives of their position more closely aligned with the incentives of the business, the profitability of the business, the efficiency of the business, all of that, if they have bonuses or, um, you know, we, when we talked with Martha about pay for performance, we talked about tying like labor getting PTO for, uh, you know, doing things yep. successfully, operating efficiently. And so you have to f- define what those things look like for the higher level positions in the company too. Obviously, I don't think your operations manager should be like earning PTO for Google reviews or whatever, but, uh, you know, figuring out how to align their incentives with the things that you care about is going to get them to care about the business more than just a paycheck. Yep. Well, that's why, I mean, there's a lot of people like I, I love pay for performance. It makes so much sense. Uh, but you know, even, even beyond that. And, and, and a lot of times you'll see this hand in hand too. There's some sort of profit sharing that goes on Yeah. because now whenever you have the profit sharing, you actually tie it to the success of the business. Yeah. And I think that probably a lot of guys listening to this who are, They've hung around because they're in a position to take something away from what we're talking about. So maybe you've read Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I know I've recommended it a bunch of times. But if you have that profit account that you've built out, you can adapt that system to work for profit sharing with either, you know, all employees in the company, which would be my preference, or, you know, just the leadership if you want to like really align their incentives with the profitability of the company expand the percentage of profit you're taking and share it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because if they, uh, you know, as the company makes more, they make more. Well, now they're, they've got a direct incentive. Now on the flip side, I was talking to a buddy who owns, who owns a business and the profit sharing worked out really well at first, 
But then as soon as the, as soon as the, so they, they tried to do something new in the business and it didn't like, it was the first kind of flop of the business. Oh yeah. And so there wasn't as much profit, profit sharing. Um, and then all of a sudden the, like the employees became really skittish and they're like, no, I don't want to do anything risky ever again. <laughs> so it's like, you kind of have to temper it a little bit be like, Hey, look, you know, like profit sharing means profit. Like it's when things are good, it's good when things are bad. So you, yeah. you feel more of the, the expectation. So let's talk about interviewing leadership. What are some red flags in those interviews? What's going to make one candidate come out on top versus another planet? Another candidate's going to be like, you know, knocked down. Yeah. So I, I think that like in the interview, couple of things. So I'm, I'm totally, have you had, have you had Libby DeLucian on this podcast yet? No, but she is in my inbox right now. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> you are the person to tell me to talk to Libby. Marvin Salcedo totally told me to talk to her as well. She's, she's one of my heroes uh, and she's like so brilliant about it. Uh, I'll try not to steal too much of her content since she's going to be on, on your show and I'm sure she's going to talk about it. Although she has a million things to talk about. Uh, but you know, this was something I've actually heard. I've heard this. And again, we've done this. I've tested this out with my own hiring. Um, the, the concept of it's almost like the interview has to go outside of the interview. Like it can't just go to that one conversation because what people can do is anyone can show up and act out an interview. Mm -hmm. Anyone can show up and nail an interview, but you've got to look at the, the intangibles, right? So um, there's actually a whole book about this. It's called, I don't know if you allow cursing on, on this podcast. We'll oh, I'll sure. censor it. So it's called the no a-hole rule. Um, again, another book. And, and it's funny, like it's a whole book about, and like you could literally boil down the concept of the book to, to the title of the book. And the idea is like, like someone who is just a really terrible personality. Mm -hmm. uh, if you hire them, it, it could, it could seriously drag down the culture of your company. Yeah. And so, um, so some of the things that, that I heard that I absolutely loved is, you know, in the interview process, go out to lunch, you know, have a mm -hmm. lunch interview and talk to the, I'm, I'm totally stealing this from Libby, but, but the, the waiter or the waitress before the lunch and say, Hey, look, this is the candidate. Um, will you purposely screw up their order and see how they respond? Mm -hmm. Do they fly off the handle? Do they become this, like this, I, <laughs> you become this rage monster, right? Because they screwed up something, something little. You don't want that in your organization. You don't want that toxic, that, that cancerous personality. Yeah. And so, so, so much of, so much of like interviewing is like this, like nuanced art, this dance where, you're asking the question, but you're not really asking the question. So, you know, another thing too, whenever I got interviewed at Service Autopilot, I didn't realize this and it, they, uh, my, well, you know, one of my mentors, Brian Lice, he let me know afterwards. He said, one of the things that I always do is I'll ask a two-part question and the, the questions can be like kind of related or they can be like just two random questions. And so you, you, you enter into that framework. Hey, I got, I got a two part question for you. So, uh, where do you see yourself in five years and, and what's your, what's your biggest dream? And unless that candidate specifically makes it a point to answer both of those questions, what you're doing is you're judging their ability to, to hear 
a slightly, not that complex, but a little bit of a more complex, straightforward question. So it's two parts. So I'm making you think about two different things or come up with two different answers. And if you can't do that and you're looking at like a manager role, then that's going to be a red flag because you've yeah. got to be able to like be able to give them something a little more complex and they've got to be able to respond and not just hear the last question and answer that. And that's the only thing. Yeah, for sure. I, yes, Brian also interviewed me and definitely did that to me. I think another thing that Brian did in interviews that I think matters even more at a management level, you know, obviously when I came in, I was being interviewed to answer the phones. It, it only mattered so much. Uh, what, you know, I could only do so much damage, but uh, he asked me if I had any questions about the company and what he was fishing for was, do you even know what we do? Have you looked yeah. into this at all? Or are you just here because your friend referred you in for a position? And I had, you know, my friend had told me like, hey, you need to make sure you've looked at the website, know a little bit about Service Autopilot coming in. But that is something that you need to do. If you've put out the word that you are hiring for this management position in your company, it needs to be someone who is responsible enough and invested enough in the idea of this job that they've taken the time to read over your website. They should know the services you provide, um, you know, the, the sorts of things that are on your website for customers to know are absolutely something somebody coming in for an interview for a management position should know. They should have an yep. idea of where, where you know, your service area is, not just like around. Um, right. Obviously, yeah. if this information isn't on you, I'm assuming you have a website that is built to the specs that we've talked about many times on the channel. If it's not, then like that might be a, a problem for them. You can't expect them to know things that you haven't put out there. But uh, I definitely think fishing for, you know, have you done any research on us at all? is going to give you an indication of the kind of manager that they're going to be and how proactive they're going to be in solving problems in the company. Are they going to wait for yeah. you to come to them and assign them tasks? Or are they going to identify problems and chase them down themselves? And that's what I've looked for in hiring. I know that I'm, you know, my business is smaller than the guys that we're, you know, talking to right now. But absolutely, I want guys in the business, guys and gals in the business who are looking for problems to solve and presenting them to me and also challenging the things yep. that I say. I don't want meek people who are afraid to challenge me in the business. There's a difference between like respecting that at the end of the day, like someone has to make the final call and being like afraid of the boss. Uh, and that's, You're that goes on. back to the culture you put out, but also you need to have people who naturally have some courage there. And I think that that's the kind of employee I always was, was that I was willing to argue with people about what I thought was right. And so that's something you need to bring to the culture of your company is listening to employees, especially if you've hired someone to be in a leadership position and then you don't want to let them lead, they're not going to stay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you made me think another, another question that I asked along the same lines of like that, that leadership mentality. Another question that I always like to ask is uh, I'll always bring up like, what are you doing for self growth? What, mm. what books are you reading? Uh, webinars are you attending? And, and the thing is, is I don't, I don't care if I don't care if someone's like, Oh man, like I, I sit on YouTube and watch tons of videos on YouTube. There's a lot of good content out there. There's a lot of mm -hmm. bad content out there too. <laughs> Uh, but there's a lot of really, really good content out there. 
but are you are you willing to constantly have that growth mindset and are you constantly learning uh, you know, are you reading books to just get that slight edge? And, and that's what you want in, in managers. You want the you want the person who's always studying or always watching videos or going to webinars because they're going to apply that same mindset in your business. Um, exactly. They're going to they're going to see kind of like what made me think of it is, you know, uh, being willing to argue with the boss because so many times you get caught up as a business owner. You'll get caught up at, in just the status quo. This is just the way that we've always done it. But if you have someone out there who's constantly looking like, well, what if we did it like this? Or what if we did it like that? You know, those are the, those could be the gems that one, take a lot of work off of your plate or two, make your business more profitable or in the best case scenario, both. Mm -hmm. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I think that this was a really valuable episode and I'm so glad that we got to catch up a little bit too. Where can people find, what, what do you want people to find online? Usually I ask where they can oh, find man. you, but that's maybe a little less relevant to what you've got going on. I want people to one, if you're lawn care, check out service autopilot. If you're HVAC, check out field edge. But really, if you're a service business, check out Academy. So mm -hmm. a cool thing with Academy is we, we are, uh, we're more industry agnostic, uh, meaning we want to help you grow as, as a business. And so we built, we completely rebuilt Academy and we built it on three pillars, coaching, accountability, and networking. And that's what you get with, with Academy. And so uh, if you're interested, we've seen so much success already with some of our businesses just by applying those three things. Because with coaching, uh, that's so crucial. If you're a small business, you need coaching. Whether you do it through us or something, like you need you need business coaching. Uh, accountability, if you really wanna achieve your goals, you gotta write it down and you gotta have people hold you accountable. And then networking, so many of your problems can be solved if you're in the right network of, of people. So that's what we yeah. deliver. Uh, and so I would love for people to to, look into that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a link in the description to the two books that Volpe talked about, and then also a link over to check out Service Autopilot Academy. Awesome. All right. I love hey guys, it. Thank if you're you. Watching, I appreciate it. Oh, of course, man. Hey, if you are watching on YouTube and you've made it to the end of the video, please give us a like, make sure that you are subscribed. And if you are listening to us on your podcast app, please leave us a rating and a review there. Five stars would help us out, helps other people find out about the show. We will see you on the next episode.